Can you hear me? What? Can you hear me? What? Honey. Can you hear her, Mark, or is it me? She's on mute again, I think. She's got a better gaming chair than you have, Dave. How about now? Say something. Oh, it's my headphones. Oh. Uh, so, Jennifer, how, how do we know you or not know you? Who are you? Sorry? Who are you? <laughs> we come to these podcasts super well prepared. <laughs> We're lucky we know your name. I think I, I think she doesn't she come and I, I know we'll let her talk. I'm Mark, by the way. Nice to meet you. Nice to meet you. I'm the co-host, and that one's Dave, and it's going to be less nice to meet him. But um, <laughs> and, we're, and we're the co-hosts of this uh, of this thing. So and I think podcast. yes, yeah. and I think uh, Jennifer comes to us through the MIT Enterprise Forum Startup Spotlight. Right. So okay, exactly. we'll start slowly. That's how we know you, the MIT Enterprise Forum Startups, number one. Number two, um, where are you based? Are you in Cambridge, Massachusetts, or in Boston, or somewhere you're talking? Actually, so we're in Halifax, Nova Scotia. So I know you have a Halifax in Massachusetts, but we're actually the Canada one. Oh, really? Yeah, a good one. Oh, you're yeah, way over the there. better one. I, I know nothing about Halifax in Massachusetts, to be completely honest, except sometimes like I'll tell people I live in Halifax and they're like, oh, I didn't know you were in the States. And you're like, um, uh, okay. So what's your business? What it says, Mark and I did not, um, did not review your stuff for the, um, for the MIT enterprise forum, but what's your business? What's it called? And what is it? Called? Yeah. So it's actually called Bloxo. So what is, is, is it's an online social media marketplace for playing drop-in sports. So, how it works and what we literally like is so it's essentially an application on your phone that can together um so with a couple clicks of the button you can actually just like start a or join a sport so like if you're an organizer you can say hey i've got you know the space to play soccer saturday evening at six to nine i wanted adults only a couple clicks um you set up your sport and then anyone in your location can actually find it and you just click add um, payment and everything is set up when you start so it's actually super, super intuitive for some of us who obviously are not the most technologically advanced, apparently. Hold on, I'm sorry. When you say sports, it's sports in like air quotes. It's like esports, right? No, no. When I say sports, I mean mostly sports. Um, the air quotes are actually for fitness. No offense to fitness or anything, but obviously with COVID-19, um, we of an in-person situation and more of a online. So we've been doing yoga classes, a, Zoom, a few things that I'm honestly can't even pronounce that are some sort of fitness classes. Like are, Pilates. Um, there was like a shizra. Uh, it was some sort of like fight dancing. Oh, <laughs> oh yes, yes, the uh, Brazilian, the Brazilian, yeah, Brazilian. <laughs> it's the fight dancing um, stuff. Brazilian fight dancing, yeah. Yeah, whatever Mark that is. Um, and it, it, to be completely honest, if I was better at it, I probably would be a bit more in shape than I am now. Um, and now as so where we are, COVID, we have zero cases of COVID-19. We have no active cases. We are completely COVID free. Wait a minute. To be well, fair, there are no people up there anyway. So that, you know, it's so unpopulated. Hey, we have four provinces being added into our numbers right now. Well, just because you divide up an empty map into four spots. Does no, not no, 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 no. I, I did a lot of work for a Canadian firm and, you know, uh, everything north of here is much better. 
I thought it was just another state. I thought they talked about, talk about Washington, D.C. becoming the 51st state. I thought that was Canada. This is, oh, this is, ouch. I know. Ouch. This is, you know how big we are? Yeah, this I mean, is math the, wise, not the def, wise. This is the definition <laughs> of the ugly American, the guy in the stripes. <laughs> we'll just start calling you Karen. Exactly. <laughs> we have a podcast about that. Call your boss. Um, just as a quick interruption, Mark, on um, Jennifer's sound, I can generally hear 90% of it, but some of it's fading in and out. Is that me or is that her? Uh, it clips a little bit, so uh, it's best if we don't interrupt her because I think what's happening is the noise cancellation is actually clipping her. Okay, so you're just you're trying to get me to shut up. Generally, yes, but in this specifically in this case, I think we must. It could be useful. Yes. Okay, so you so do this dropping. I get this. So I'm going to cut off, cut you off. So you do. You like this? You're you're sort of like. Um, uh, you know, like a Uber for drop-in sports. So you're matching a buyer and a seller or a, a venue and, a, you know, you're trying to fill up a specific thing in a casual way. Is that correct? Yeah. So one of the kind of interesting things that we noticed, and I'm, I'm not the founder of Block, so you have to also keep that in mind. Probably should have mentioned that at the beginning. Um, Mark and I think founders are a dime a dozen, so we're indifferent. Yeah, I own other companies, so I. So there. <laughs> so there. So so essentially, the founder uh, came to Canada and found in Halifax. It was really complicated to try to play sports, um, and I mean, I used to play something that's called Halifax Rec Sports here in here in Halifax. Halifax, surprisingly. Yeah. Um, and I like I played competitive dodgeball because I am super cool and super awesome, and. <laughs> And like I had a team that we played, we played three seasons together. It was great. Um, and our biggest issue when we were playing was that it was uh, not enough games for what we wanted to play. So we only got to play once a week. And so we wanted the same team to be able to play multiple times a week because again, competitive dodgeball is very competitive. Um, we also had practices, which were annoying to kind of try to get going. So like we'd have essentially one person that would book a facility, then they'd try to get money from everyone people were showing or not so anyways when I started talking to Mabda about Bloxo I had this exact reason of why I wanted to join is because I was like oh we actually disbanded our dodgeball team because it was just too annoying to try to work in the practices people weren't paying their money then we ended up like some people had to pay more money because they were showing up and others weren't and it, it became kind of a bit of a big deal um, so we ended up just calling it quits let and me ask a quick question are the best competitive dodgeball players, Karens? No. No? There's mostly people who can throw harder than me. Oh, okay. Okay. So, and my I, question I actually, is... so, and I, I know a lot of people are going to hear this and they're probably going to be super embarrassed for me, but Nobody I... Nobody listens to this podcast, don't worry. What do you mean? I had to listen to a few of these podcasts. <laughs> You're the one. <laughs> we got three hits from Halifax in the last... Uh, now you know. You don't have to run trace route this time. Yeah. Go ahead. Actually, I did. I did tell a few people I was doing this, so there's going to be a few, a few people at least they'll watch this. I don't they'll know. Be disappointed, but keep going. So go on with your story. You were saying something. You had a, a, uh, a digression. A digression. I yeah. So, so we found it was really annoying to try to organize, get payments, things like that. So when I started talking to Matthew about like his idea and like his company that he was building, 
it was exactly resonated for me because that was his issue is that he was on the opposite side. So I was, I was organizing um, and he couldn't find sports. And so it was like, Oh, well, he's already built this app at this point. So it's already a working prototype. And so I was going through it and I was like, well, this, this obviously would be great. I was super excited to get on board with him. Um, I'm CFO of the company. So I do mostly financial stuff. Um, kind of play with the app. And as it goes on, like I do kayaking and things like that on the app. So it also works out well because I can monetize on things that I would be doing anyway. So I'm like, well, I'm already going to go out kayaking today. Now I just have to add three more people and make some money off it. So let me ask a question. Um, and, and by the way, the, your, your uh, I won't say co-founder, the founder's name is Matthew. Yep. I think our one listener who, oh my God, Mark's like an animal over there. He's coughing his head off, but okay. Um, I bet our one listener, unless they're fully into the um, startup space, is going to wonder why being a founder matters so much, as opposed to, I would think that the founder of Ford Motor Company, I mean, he's long dead, but is maybe not as interesting as the current CEO or I might argue the founder of this country, and I don't even know who that would have been, um, is not as important as the current, what we call president. Well, you're, 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 you're climbing down a rat hole that a ladder oh, won't I, help you out of. <laughs> a rock I was gonna, so why so one of my favorite quotes, I'm in, sorry. Yeah, go. So one of my favorite quotes actually is from Ford, and he says, if I asked customers what they wanted, I, I would have gotten a faster horse. Oh, well, why is, so what does that have to do with being a founder? By the way, I, I should point out for quote. the record that Mark Mark is still coughing. Um, so we think he has coronavirus, but he turned his, he muted, so he didn't have to listen to it. Um, okay, so why does it matter being a founder? So one of the kind of interesting things I always found about a founder is, I mean, as you even said, their founders are a dime a dozen, but it's the execution. It's the passion. It's all that other stuff that kind of goes into a founder to build something. Like you can have lots of people that have lots of businesses, and they don't go anywhere or, you know, they don't have the passion or they're just looking for an exit. But I think what's interesting about a lot of the founders I know is they've built a product because they believe in it and that they are essentially the same as a CEO of a company because they're looking to drive it with strategy. Well, wait a minute. So isn't it doesn't it really be OK. Um, isn't it? So isn't the real thing that being the CEO? I mean, it's interesting to be a founder and CEO, because that seems like the person that you're referring to, which is a person who had the vision and who moved it forward. Right. Don't worry, there's no video on the podcast. So whoever walked behind you will not be present. Um, <laughs> He's but, waving. But founder, founder plus CEO sounds like the thing to be or the CEO. So why do we spend so much time talking about founders? Is it is it sort of our way of paying homage to people who might get washed out when their common stock disappears or gets it's diluted? Like it's, a, it's, a, it's a cult of personality for tech founders in some companies. Ah, right? that's a great answer, Mark. You get yeah, that, I'm going to take that answer as well. That's that's my answer. You can use yeah. it in, in any of the eastern provinces. <laughs> but I don't I know how many eastern provinces there are. I, I get I uh, I used to, but I I get Calgary West. Just to just to be clear. Okay. 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 So you came on board Ontario in the game. New Brunswick oh, okay. EI. Well, what else? What have I forgotten? Uh, it's no, okay. it's okay. So you came on the board late in the game to this company, 
that is trying to help match people with sports. By the way, how do you know there's a mix? Uh, so how, give us a use case. Say Mark decided to finally get some exercise. I mean, don't get me wrong, Mark works out all the time, except when he doesn't. Um, Mark decides to get some exercise. What would he do with the app? So essentially what's interesting is, so organizers and users and facilities are kind of our cyclical system is the more facilities we have, the more organizers we have, the more uh, users we have, and organizers for facilities and it kind of keeps, keeps going around that way so right now what we're doing is we're in our beta session um, here in Halifax and essentially put on let's say you know a cricket game I would say okay I'm gonna host a cricket game it's gonna cost you five dollars to join I have the equipment so you or essentially log in and say you know I'm interested in cricket or whatever your actual interest is and you could see how far away everything is from you. If there's a sport that you want to play that maybe isn't on the app, you can also choose to set it up yourself. So kind of is that if if let's say you wanted to play spike ball, which is a new sport that I just recently learned about and is super fun, um, but nobody else is playing spike ball, you could actually say, well, I wonder if there's anyone in my region that would also be interested in spike ball. Why don't I put up a game? So you, you know, set up your organizer account, put a game Wednesday, you know, Saturday at 2 p.m., and you'll end up finding people in your area that would also want to play spike ball with you. So it also gives you the ability to find otherwise fine. So like in our friend group, I have a friend that every weekend will message me and ask me if I want to play soccer. Well, he messages every one of our friends, and we never want to play soccer with him because he's crazy. Um, <laughs> he is the most Person. Let me rephrase that. He's not like cuckoo crazy. He's just extremely competitive. And if you win, he will yell at you. So we don't play soccer with him. Someone like that would join up our app and definitely click the competitive option, not the recreational option. Um, so play with other people that are just as competitive as him. Um, and that's so you have a crazy know. button, in other words. No, sorry. I didn't mean to use the word crazy. I meant a passionate. No, no, no. So you're from a politically correct <laughs> era that Mark and I missed. We we don't mind saying stupid and crazy and all those other things, but that's just us. Um, how do you know that um, if Mark signs up, he's not a serial, like the California serial killer they just convicted yesterday? Uh, so I did actually look you guys up on LinkedIn before this, so I previously didn't know serial killer. <laughs> Um, but essentially, there's also rating systems on it. I've, I've been meaning to up, I've been meaning to update my profile on LinkedIn to include serial killing as one of my <laughs> one of my uh, options. Oh, so so who does the checking? Who does the background checking on LinkedIn and serial killer logs? So essentially, there's uh, different ways that you can log in. So you can log in with your Google account, which will link your Google data, uh, Facebook, or you can create your own account. Uh, we don't we don't have to double check if people are serial killers, believe it or not, because it's not a requirement. Number one, if you were a serial killer, and I'm not going to side with them in any way, but and then you were released into society, meaning that you are actually part of society again, why would we discriminate them if they would? Just Wait a minute. In this politically correct era, <laughs> I think it's still okay to say that serial killers are bad. I think there are still bad people out there, notwithstanding oh, yeah. what they taught you in, in elementary, junior, and high school. So not like all inclusive, including no, serial killers. No. It's like all inclusive, and then there's serial killers. We can pass judgment on some people. We can Donald Trump and serial killers. We can pass judgment on. They don't. They don't have them up there. They they, they actually have a. Oh, we have them. 
Oh yeah, unfortunately, <laughs> yeah, because the airwaves, you know, carry this stuff, and you guys think we're nuts, but uh, no, they have Justin Trudeau, who's actually relatively cool, even yeah, even if you don't cool. agree with him, but he's relatively cool. Yeah, he's got a great beard now. I've been noticing the coronavirus beard. Um, he's also sometimes in a lose-lose situation, so like people complain that he's, you know, giving people too much money that they don't want to work. And that's like, well, if, you know, that little amount of money is causing them not to want to work, then I think we have other issues. Yes. This is the definition of Canada, I think, the 51st no. state. No, um, no, no, no. But, okay. but yeah, going, back, going back to whether or not we vet people, so it's actually I, yes. a system on it. Thank so, you. so right now, if I, if I say that I'm a recreational player instead of a competitive player, um, and I go there and I yell at everyone that does everything wrong and I scream at the rat. Like if I'm just quite clearly an awful player, the assumption is that people are going to give me one star. You're a Karen and not a Jennifer. Yeah. So, yeah. so oh, in that right. situation. Oh, wait. So you, well, I, I want to make sure that we're not uh, uh, talking over the features. So there's a rating uh, uh, action that occurs for between players, kind of like Uber you know, uh, you know, give me five stars or, or whatever. Yeah. yeah. So you can also report a player. So you can click on a player's profile and there's a report a player button on either the bottom, right? No, bottom left. Yeah. Um, I don't have my phone up, but on the bottom of the screen, there's a report a user button. So like, let's say I organized a game, um, took everyone's money and then just actually didn't organize a game. Well, then when people show up, you would report the user, um, there's a contact service number there, and we would be able to kind of facilitate the returns as well as blacklisting that organizer. Oh. Th things like that are also um, concerns because as much as, you know, sometimes things do happen, uh, that's one of the kind of biggest concerns that we have is how many people are going to try to, you know, set up a game and maybe, you know, something actually bad has happened and they're unable to go and how will that affect it? Um, so, and we're not there yet. This is our version three option is once we have the facilities on the app as well, um, organizers will then be able to essentially take their spot and let a sub come in, take their spot, and then everyone will just kind of go to the facility. But right now without facilities, people have to book those separately. So. You guys still have distancing, uh, social distancing requirements in place in Canada with all three people there? So we've got like a million people, come on. Um, I'm actually <laughs> joking, we don't have a million people here. Um, not in Canada, where I am. But but we have up to 50 people uh, social distancing or 10 people not social distancing. So sports are remarkably easier. Um, okay, so your point is that on the serial killer front, once you have the facilities open, which will be about the time your beta test is wrapping up, you'll be able to host these events, say at indoor soccer arenas and the like. And so presumably they'll have security guards and or other minders who, though not affiliated with the game per se, can make sure there's not too much blood on the ice or the um, uh, on the turf, the AstroTurf. Yeah, no, I, I hope there's no blood, actually. That would that would be good. I don't know how common blood is in, down there, but it's it's not common up here. It's well, 
someone throws the ball and it accidentally hits someone's nose. That's kind of what we're looking at for blood. I, I was on the serial killer metaphor still. Yeah, we, we need still. to leave that behind. So, <laughs> how, how, yeah, we actually, so we only have two serial killers here in Canada. So, like, we, we don't need to worry about them. And, 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 and most importantly, both of them are sorry. <laughs> they really are. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you. I'll be here always. <laughs> Uh, okay, so how far wait, 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 wait. How do you, how do you oh, make money? How do you make uh, money? So we make money off the transaction fees. So as an organizer, you're $10 per person to come play drop-in sports. You've got 10 people. It's $100. We make 10% of that. So we make $10 off your one game. Okay, cool. So we... We actually... When we were looking at it, we actually um, priced out a few different options. If I wanted to go field, how much would that cost? How much? And so we took, uh, I mean, obviously we had to take a million things into account. You should see our pricing spreadsheet. It's actually, it's beautiful. I love Excel actually, and it's got amazing formulas and it makes me smile every time. <laughs> um, but for a normal person, it looks chaotic. So it's a bunch of cross tabs and everything. Oh yeah, there's some, some products in there, some index match and a couple arrays. Oh, it's beautiful. Um, but yeah, so essentially it was what it came down to is when we asked and did most of our customer discoveries, what they would be willing to pay. And they said, you know, like 10%, couple dollars, like they're not, they're not worried about that because then they don't have to right now deal in cash, which was people's biggest concern right now. Um, which I don't know. I mean, I'm not going to lie. I never have cash on me. So if I showed up for a game and they're like, oh, can you pay me cash? I'd be like, EMT, EMT. So, so, I mean, that worked out well, but also that they then get kind of an AR report, um, sorry, an accounts receivable report that'll say, you know, here's how much money you made. So, so it's interesting because my hope is. Yeah. So I'm sorry. And it's kind of a sketchy connection, but uh, I wasn't doing that intentionally. Um, So, all right, there's 10%. That means um, the organizer makes some money. And the rest of the people are, so I, I organized my game. There's 10 people. I understand the, the metrics there. I understand that you get 10%, but um, the organizer gets what share of that money? So they get 90%. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, and that's, that's now until the facilities is part of it because the facilities, when we did the costing of facilities, they're about 30. Um, now it did debate on some facilities. So like we have here, something called the commons which has soccer and basketball and baseball and tennis and everything. And it's all free to book. Okay. They would get the full 90% without any expenses. So you load in the fees and you don't mark them up where applicable. It sounds like. Actually the organizers load in the fees. So if you wanted to charge them $20, you could charge them $20. Um, People probably won't come to your $20 game though. Just, you know, but if you tournament, you know, you've got a weekend free, you want to do a, baseball tournament you can have i don't know how many people are on the team of baseball i apologize let's say 12 people less than, less than 50 certainly yeah um, you've got you've got two I, at this end you've got two old nerds and between the two of us we don't know i don't think i've ever i've been to probably three baseball games in my life so <laughs> and it's probably okay. two more than you went to david <laughs> it could be so wait a minute let me go back I, just terminology wise do you guys take 10 percent on each transaction, or do you guys take 90% on each transaction? We take 10%. Okay. So you're not taking Apple like 30% cuts? No. 
Okay. Um, does Apple take a chunk of this if it's done on the app or no? Uh, so we've actually been in conversations with them, and at this time, no, these don't count as in-app purchases. Oh, that's good. Okay. Okay. Only after they're successful will they count as in-app purchases. That, then we'll get a huge bill. Don't worry. <laughs> okay. So how long, far along is the product? Uh, so right now we're in beta testing. So tomorrow we've got 10, well, 10 activities going on, which we've got every organizer um, is essentially we're not taking any fees or anything. We've got organizers and we've got players and every one of them has to fill out a survey at the end um, telling us what they liked, what they didn't like, what confusing, if they found anything confusing. I mean, the hope. Um, but we do have our MVP done right now, our minimum viable product done right now. And did you have to, was it hard, will the organizers be taking money for the game, to, the games tomorrow, or no, they're not taking money either? No, they're not taking money. How hard was it to sign up that beta group of organizers? Actually, they requested it from us. Oh, how did they know about it? As easy as it could be. Uh, so we actually put a call out on our Facebook page asking if anyone wanted to set up an event so that we could help beta test it. And we had a bunch of people contact us directly and say that they would love to help. Awesome. We just and had just to make connections. As an old guy asking, how did you manage to boost the Facebook page or how did you get it um, seen by enough people that you were able to get that kind of, I assume, pretty good response? So actually what's kind of cool here in Halifax is we've had a bunch of like articles wrote about us. Um, just based on kind of some of the success stories that we had. So last year, uh, we actually were working on the app and it went to the app, downloaded and play with it and test it. Um, before we did any advertising, we had something like 2,000 users wow. of people just randomly finding the app and downloading. Uh, so, so we've actually kind of tapped into that pool a couple times. Um, as Shitangshu, who is our COO right now, um, he, or I guess I can't say right now, <laughs> he's our COO. Please, please don't, don't say I said right now. <laughs> we don't even know what right now means. Yeah, no, it just, it sounded ominous, and I did not mean for it to sound ominous at all. Uh, he actually... No, if you said he was our COO until the end of the day, that would, and, and there's the brown paper bag for him, that would sound ominous. Yeah. No, he, he's he's great. He actually, um, he's super interconnected. So he's been in the sports and recreation industry for years. He actually worked with a few different rec programs up here. He works called Halifax Plays. So he's super inter interconnected in the actual sports industries here as well. So he joined, we ended up getting a huge surplus of, you know, people in the sports industry talking to us. Um, Matt has also done a lot of PR. I mean, I obviously um, am talking to you guys, which will probably gain us a couple, maybe five, ten people. You're going to lose oh, numbers. You're going to lose them. Yeah, you definitely <laughs> won't gain any from this, us. This is, this, is, this is the form of marketing that negates any, any uh, market penetration. You will, <laughs> yeah. you will lose share from this. <laughs> oh, that's too um, bad. It's still fun to talk to you guys. Plus, what else? <laughs> On a Tuesday afternoon um, in Canada today. Yeah, we appreciate it. So your aspiration is to go, you know, uh, North America first um, and then go global. Are you doing the translations and are you yes. doing French to accommodate the uh, 
our friends in uh, the uh, Canadian province that is called Quebec. See, I know. So I, it's not just Quebec. It's what? It's not just Quebec that speaks French. Um, half of New Brunswick is actually fully bilingual, uh, with some northern regions only speaking French. So, like, we've got we've got a lot of uh, French speaking people here in Canada. And it is, you know, we are one of the few countries with two national languages. Yeah, so, and, and David doesn't know this, but but it's actually a mandate. Any product has to be in in both French. I do know and that. in English. And thankfully, I'm bilingual. I speak Midwestern and Boston, a little Boston. And that's complicated. I think like chowder? Yeah, chowder. He speaks lawyer and English. <laughs> well, these are the only things that matter. Okay, so you're getting this product out, and when do you, when do you figure the uh, general release will be? When will this thing be out in the wild for everybody in the United States to use? And so everyone in the United States is going to be a bit longer. Uh, right now we're looking at next month for a launch here in Canada. Um, in the United States, I would probably say we'd be looking at closer to late fall slash winter. Oh, um, election time. Um, oh, election popular time. time here. Maybe not during election time, but it also, like, right now, there's a lot of places that can't play sports um, because of social distancing, things like that. So, like, that might bump it back. Um, there's also, so we've got a company here in Canada called Canada. Um, that we're going to request a lot of help with, and maybe I'm going to send them this podcast of me pointing out that we want their help. Um, that will certainly not help, but okay. Why, why, no. why don't you actually, okay, so pretend they're listening. What what are you going to say? <laughs> uh, so the, the main thing that we need is insight on exporting to someplace like the United States. So like here in Canada, we have liability waivers, we have terms and conditions, we have a lot of legal stuff, and you're a lawyer, so you must obviously know about all this legal stuff. I already have your your agreements written out here. Yes, they're good. They're good to go. Yeah, all for free. So, so that changes every country you go into. So right. oh, Canada so. even like so we have product requirements like you know having to have it in both French and English, having to have certain information on it. If it was a product, you'd have to have you know where it was manufactured, who imported it. So there's all regulations in Canada, but. And I mean, I am far from an expert of the United States. So it's also all those other things that we need to know, like, would we have to have it in Spanish? Is that, do enough people, you know, speak language that the majority of people who would want to play drop in sports, do they speak or do they speak a different language? If so, how does that impact this? Uh, what's liability waivers or are they the exact same? Um, and then the last one would be kind of the taxes is, so in some countries, we actually would have to set up an office in order to charge money. Yeah. Um, so yeah. then the question would be, okay, well, will we actually have to have like a Bloxo office? And what's it? So Nova Scotia and Boston have obviously had this great um, relationship over the past hundred years. Um, yeah, the annual and, Christmas tree, right? Yeah. yeah. Yes, because you guys all helped us with the Halifax explosion. So we send you a Christmas there tree. You go. Exactly. We love it. Um, but we also have something really cool called the um, Scale Up Cambridge. So we actually have a hub office for Nova Scotia companies in Cambridge. Oh, where is it? Uh, I've only been there once. It's probably, it's, it's, it's probably in the probably, building that you're sitting in, David. Yeah, it's probably right it, on the uh, Canadian consulate, I think, has uh, both the Canadian and the British consulate have something in your building. It, She's looking the, I'm trying to think. So, like, when we stay in Boston, 
we always stay. Oh goodness, you know what? Was still behind me because he would be able to tell me exactly where we stay. The Cambridge Marriott. We we obviously stay in Cambridge because we're within walking distance of the MIT campus. Okay. And there's that really good uh, pizza place. It's like 902 Pizza. What's that, Mark? Which one's that? Uh, it's not Za. It's not Za. Um, oh, I don't know. Okay, but it's probably near where I am. So okay, we'll we'll take that yeah, as a given. Yeah, we go to Pax East, um, and so we usually just jump on one subway to get from Cambridge to downtown to go to like Pax East every year. Yeah. Yeah. That's which, which, did, which did run this year. Uh, surprisingly. Yeah. yeah, I didn't go. I was too petrified. Um, I, I somewhat regret it because I was like, oh, it would have been really fun, but uh, most of the major players pulled out, so you 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 were probably well served. Even though, well, at that point we were very early in our our you know the rise on the coronavirus, um, but you were you were actually wise to to skip it this year, uh, based on what friends of mine who went to Pax East told me. So yeah, what I, kind of? Oh, sorry, you go first, and I'll. Oh, no, I was just gonna say I was actually kind of happy that. Um, ended up canceling it because as like Microsoft and stuff started backing out, I was like, oh goodness, this is going to be expensive if we're going to go and there's going to be nobody there to see. Exactly. Exactly. What kind of fundraising have you folks had to do? Um, how long have you been around? How many years? Two or three years? One or two years? Uh, actually, so we incorporated February of 2019. Wow. Okay. Oh, we're babies. Before that. So we're and, babies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And when, um, how much fundraising have you done? So actually, our first, our seed round summer, uh, which we ended up backing out of just because of the coronavirus hitting here, everything going down, and essentially being forced to close. Uh, so we've actually done a more debt situation right now. Um, so I know people are always like, oh, no, you don't want to get more debt. You want equity, which, I mean, to be completely honest, I have both pros and cons of both, obviously actually trying to wait it out until we've got enough users active users back on the platform round now we've kept um, the couple investors that we had interested uh, we have continued to talk to them and we still have a relationship with them and we're actually meeting with one of them tomorrow to kind of tell them about where we are right now and just to see if, if they want to still invest while we're kind of in a lull or if it makes more sense to wait until we're kind of in a higher state um, I mean, it completely depends. My assumption is they're going to want to wait until we have more active users, because obviously if we don't have active users, the company could go under. Can you, can you bootstrap or no? So we have been. Uh, we've got, um, actually what's really interesting, so we have an incubator down here. Uh, it's an accelerator called Volta. And so we were able to secure a couple dollars from them, about $25,000, I think. Um, and we over over about $180,000 worth of grants and non-dilutive funding at this point. That's awesome. Well, that's yeah, it's, it's been kind of stressful, I'm not going to lie. Um, there's a few, I think I send them thank you emails probably too often, and they're just like, could you go away, Jeff? I don't think you understand what you're doing and like how you're helping the company right now, especially like we, so we did our product launch on March like 7th, and everything shut down a week later. So we uh, timing is 
And like I was going through some of the numbers and we had over 200 and something new users be added to the platform and we were so excited and then everything shut down and it was devastating. I'm not. Well, let me ask you this. Let's assume this this um, pandemic continues longer than any of us would like, um, which is actually about three weeks ago. Um, this has got to be really useful for things that are not sports, but that are, um, I mean, the you've got participants, you've got an organizer, you've got participants, and you've got a venue. Um, could this be like for the local chess club? Could it be for um, Nerds of America Reunite? Unite? It's And it could be any number of things. Could it not? Yeah, Anything separate social? wouldn't be for Nerds of America necessarily. As, oh, as Canada. That's right. Yeah, I assumed you'd say something more like D&D or Pathfinder Society or, you know, HeroClix. Well, I was going to say something about MAGA, Make America Great Again, but I couldn't figure that one out. Um, but, yeah, doesn't this have a lot of applications that are not sports-oriented and then meet all the requirements for not more than 10 and, and can still be done within six feet or whatever it's supposed to be? So it can, but kind of one of our main focuses was physical activity, and the main reason being is... It's kind of where we're, I mean, I'm actually really passionate about board games and stuff, obviously, <laughs> um, and video games, et cetera, et cetera. But like passion is sports and kind of bringing people together doing it through that like sport community and like physical fitness and stuff. And we think probably kind of defer from our original vision if we start adding in some of this other stuff at this time, as well right now we've got, you know, yoga going on and Pilates and Zumba and all these kind of other fitness-like things. Uh, fitness things. I don't know why I do yoga every day. I don't know why I keep discounting it. Um, it's fitness-like. That's why you want to feel like you might do something. I, I have found it's nice and relaxing, and it doesn't feel like you're exercising. Well, right. Yoga is difficult. David once took me to a hot yoga thing. I nearly died. <laughs> yeah, my partner says that same thing. He'll be like, "I'm so sore," and I'm like, "Really? Why?" <laughs> You so for an hour. You know, because Mark has a Mark. This is about time Mark usually walks in with his favorite line, which is so Jennifer. This is podcast failure. The, yeah, this yeah. is a podcast called Failure. The podcast. I think it's podcast sixty three or sixty four. Sixty four. Yeah. Who in even our, knows? In, in yeah. our, our our long running series, um, and uh, it's about failure. So I think one failure that you we would normally ask you about is like, what are you doing? throughout this COVID thing, but you've already kind of touched on that. It's a, a delayed launch in some ways, but um, tell us more about what's failed. Or what so, are you gonna do if, if, again, going back to my question was, what are you gonna do if this uh, pandemic thing continues and you can't get the funding you want? You're definitely gonna pivot because it sounds like you've got a very workable platform. So plan B might not be a bad plan. Yeah. So we do have a couple plan B's and E's, yep. uh, just in case. And it's on the, it's on the spreadsheet. She's going to pull it out. You guys are lucky I'm not sharing some of these screens with you. <laughs> Only these two screens. You're on that screen. <laughs> these guys um, are losers. Yeah, keep going. But but kind of one of the most interesting things, and I mean, I'm, I'm obviously have to be a pessimistic. I am an accountant. It is part of kind of my nature is never to yeah. be. Because when I'm trying to talk about numbers and stuff, I can't be like, oh, yeah, we're totally going to make a million dollars revenue. Well, that that's illogical. Um, so 
So one of the kind of annoying things that I always do in the meetings is they're like, okay, so things are starting to come up, open up. And I'm like, but wave two is coming. Don't forget about wave two. Right. Right, exactly. right. So what are you going to do? Talk and so that's kind of the other thing is so as much as, you know, we're able to start opening up right now and in our space, we're able to open up. We still are looking at kind of some of these different sports where you can be 10 feet apart without having to, you know, touch a lot of the similar stuff. And when I kind of mentioned spike ball earlier, it's essentially a trampoline and you've got people that stand on different sides of the trampoline and you smack a ball back and forth. So you don't actually need to come in contact with each other your only contact is really the ball but you wear gloves unless you're not unless your hands are really not very soft and you don't have right. to wear for some of us we have to wear gloves so things looking at things like that looking at kind of cricket, but in a different sense or you know baseball um like there's different alterations of these games that would still be fun or like basketball instead of you know playing a game of basketball maybe you do throws and you do like competitive three free yeah, free throws with each other so you know like you get a team of 10 and you kind of do like um you know when you're doing track and field and you have the baton and you pass it back and forth um yeah. back, hopefully not like, back and forth i think you i think you pass the baton you usually you usually don't want it back it's not a good sign <laughs> yeah, i see pikachus know. do it a few times like there's these big pikachus in japan that do these runs and they pass the yeah court. they do uh, <laughs> Japan's an interesting culture. There's also on, on Saturdays in the Harajuku area. Uh, I still think they do this. They have uh, Elvis competitions. Oh, that's amazing. Really? Do they run? No. Um, okay. So yeah. Uh, but yeah. So like, you can also look at sorry, like basketball. Maybe you know you and your team of five, or another team of five, and you know you throw until you get in in the basket and then the next person goes and then it kind of becomes a different style of the game where you're still kind of playing competitively but instead of it being um, a basketball game it's kind of some of these different iterations of them so there are adapt in person sports socially distanced so when uh, are you going how are you going to along that line i think what i hear you saying is that if it comes to plan b and if you heard fauci today and i i only read what cnn had to say he said again um, she's, she's in canada she wouldn't be watching our our health ministers well, why it's one of the united states um of course she would be um so if you read fauci or read in i've got i've got a health cnn it sounds like we're we're headed to hell in a handbasket and um so are you when will you start promoting these alternative sports like round the world and all that other stuff with basketball and do you have any sense whether people will take you up on that and should you so, do it now so we are offering the fitness and online classes to people in the u.s right now as well uh one of our one of our organizers based out of miami and i'm gonna Probably I'm gonna have to look up their name of them, and I apologize for that. Um, you know, it's easier than me doing things is me texting people. So wait a minute. So let me understand this. So you're um, so you've got fitness classes going now. So you're bringing together, say, an organizer in Miami who runs a yoga class with uh, sort of random people in the United States who want to do an online yoga. Is that what it is? Yeah, so a lot of oh, the right. like online fitness classes can be accessed anywhere. So it's not loca location specific. Uh, we do have location specific for you know our in-person sports. 
Oh, I see. So, so then what you guys would need, so that's a really interesting idea. So if we stay in lockdown mode for the next 10 years, you guys need to be the number one platform that people go to. It's like, damn, I really need to play basketball today. Let me get online and let me get, let me open up the app, for example, to see where I can, who's organizing a game and then you'll somehow do an online basketball game. Or, or, or awesome. I think, or I think Dave, they need to tie into Zoom and some of the other online video packages so that, you know, let me let me organize my uh, yoga class, and then Zumba. and then or Zumba on Zoom, and then let, Zoom. let let the uh, session start, let it propagate a Zoom window. That's a great idea. Is there, are they one of your potential acquirers? Zoom. Yeah, I so we do use Zoom actually. We already use them. Um, I I made that pun before of Zumba, and I spelt it with Zoom and then ba. Um, but nobody else. I I apparently use more dad jokes at work than I mean to. Uh, yeah, you got a long, a long career of podcasting ahead of you. Look at us. <laughs> the, the place in Miami, though, is called Power Roomba. So, you know, they'll put up their classes. You'll go. You'll see that they're doing one. And what's interesting is it's a live class. So unlike some of our quite clear competitors like um, Down Dog, which is on-demand classes, you're looking at, you know, a live class where you can talk to other people, see other people. And like my yoga instructor, what she likes to do is make sure everyone's muted during the class. Um, they're welcome to have cameras on if they want. Um, most people don't because it's kind of, I mean, you're at home. It's a bit weird. Um, and like if I was in an in-person class, I mean, it's not like I could turn off my camera. But if right. that, I probably would be like, look at me. Um, but when but I did yoga with David, I, want, I wanted to turn off my eyes. <laughs> uh, Why don't they do yoga in the parking lot where you are? Why don't they do the yoga in the parking lot? It's a little uncomfortable with the rocks and stuff, but at least you can socially distance and you can kind of move around. And what's interesting, so we've got a few places um, in Halifax here, outdoor places, where you know we put stickers, and so like your yoga mat goes on a sticker, and then the next yoga mat goes on the next sticker. And so, and there's a few different places worldwide that did kind of the circles in the public area to show you where you have to be. We have a in-person uh, class going on tomorrow where everyone's socially distanced. Uh, oh. It's going to be actually kind of interesting to see. It'll be the first time I've been in person doing yoga. And I think the weirdest part for it is that I'm going to have to like actually like get dressed in real clothes and leave the house. No, you should wear a samurai outfit or something. Freak them out like a sword. Um, so, oh, I don't have to take it down off the mantle. <laughs> we see that. Um, okay, so we're going back to failure. Um, going back yeah. to failure, you, we've allowed you to avoid answering that question. Where, where does failure exist for you folks, and how do you avoid it? So, so I think one of the biggest failures that we had was, um, and to be completely honest, probably the biggest failure a lot of companies have in our stage is uh kind of didn't realize who asked the questions to so like every every company does client discovery like is it eric Rees or whatever that wrote the startup way that essentially forgot their customer what they wanted and realized that they created a piece of crap <laughs> uh we we kind of were in the same boat where you know we created something fabulous um didn't want all the features we had compared to some of the features they thought we should have. So one of the biggest features everyone thought we should have was a chat. So the original version never had an option to chat with people. Um, I mean, as a kind of funny note, one of the original, the very first never let you leave a game. 
So once you were in a game, you couldn't leave it. So if something happened and you had to leave, leave and like you were like, oh yeah, I can play, you know, on Saturday. And then you're like, oh no, I have the kids on Saturday. There was zero chance to leave that game. And then your spot would just be empty. So you get your money back and you couldn't leave. <laughs> so there's been a couple instances like that. And that's mostly what we learned from them though, is how important client discovery is and how important like alpha and beta testing is. Um, there's things that when you're so close to a product, you don't think about. A lot of like startups and stuff would even say that is that, you know, when you're product, you're like, well, this is super easy to get to obvious. And you're like, eh, actually, it's not super easy to go through settings profile and then find it in there. Um, so so I think one of our biggest failures last we had we had enough users that we could have done better, better discovery and figure out what the MVP should have been. And so we're a few months behind just because of that. Um, definitely been a big issue for us but not I mean it's been a big issue for everyone worldwide so I'm not going to try to pretend that it's any worse than anyone else but having having to kind of go from having revenues to having no revenues for a month was pretty interesting, that's for sure and oh, so, so you guys were in revenue you actually were making money um well, we, were, we were making some money some money okay so yeah, okay that's I mean, your your comment is interesting one. We had a guest on early on in this podcast, and he was actually on our prior series as well, who who I guess said the obvious, but um, it bears repeating, which was essentially um, that introducing a product, a product into the marketplace is really a conversation between the, I guess you would say, founder or the company um, and the marketplace itself. It's a conversation where you introduce what you think the product might want to be, and there's either no response from the marketplace at all, or there's enthusiastic uptake. And depending on where that goes, you um, adapt, adjust, and, and so forth through a series of pivots and hopefully not failures. But that's what you're essentially saying. Um, okay, that's interesting. And that was before you joined the company even, I suspect, correct? Uh, so so actually, some of those failures, I was part of the company to, to help make those failures. Yeah, that was... <laughs> If you had to, if you take that sort of, um, I don't think it's philosophical view, uh, but if you take that view um, that, um, that introducing a product, a successful one, is really a conversation, it's probably a conversation that's ongoing. Um, if you take that view, what would you suggest that, that other startups do to either speed the cycle or is it just in, in very inevitable that you're going to I mean, you have to open your mouth. To start a conversation, you have to open your mouth. It's, it's a nice day. And if you're lucky, the person will respond saying, yeah, I really enjoy it. And a real conversation will get going. Or in the, in the, in the product marketplace, here's an MVP and, the, and people buy it and suggest you know, further improvements. That's a, that's a win. That's possible. You'll go to somebody and say, it's a nice day. They'll say, it's the worst day I've ever seen. That's a failed introduction. But how do you avoid or how do you make that first step the most painless? Um, or doesn't it matter? So, so I think that if someone tells me it's the worst day ever, and this is just me probably being Canadian slash East Coast, is I'd probably why it's the worst day ever, because that is kind of something good to know. Like if it's one of our only days of summer here and somebody says it's the worst day ever, that that means that they're crying for help. So that that's a personal issue that you, right. can still have. you would still continue talking to them. There'd be no reason to not. But I mean, if someone was just like, I don't want to talk to you, then you obviously respect their wishes and that's just that. So there are times where, you know, I'm going to 
And I contacted a lot of people and there was a lot of people that don't respond to me, but if they respond, that's, that's kind of how you get your in is even if they say, I'm sorry, I'm not interested. You can still send a follow-up and say, okay, I'm sorry. You're not interested. Why are you not interested? What do you not have this issue? Is it not, you know, do you already have a solution? Like, why are you not interested? So as soon as you kind of have that conversation piece back and forth, like you're obviously can't spam people, but I, I messaged, uh, there's probably 200 people I messaged. Um, That's great. When I was doing client discoveries and, and like, I mean, the whole team was obviously doing client discoveries. I just can't talk about what they did um, is, there were, there were people that I was saying, hey, I'm doing this, um, help me. Here are some questions that I have about this. And they're like, oh no, we don't want, we don't, we don't care about this. And I said, okay, that's fine. I understand you don't care about it. And then we kind of, I don't know. Um, it's not like a sales tactic, but even the people who say no, you get insight from. So as long as you know why people are saying no too, it's kind of interesting. Um, okay, so you're getting it. I was, getting a, I was getting a product introduction, but what you're pointing at is, so the metaphor that um, our, our prior guests had gotten to was the conversation starts when the product is introduced, and then you see how the response is. But your point is, no, 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 it all occurs during the pre-run-up marketing. So you did a lot of market surveys or, or whatever the relevant term would be to see how people like the idea, if nobody returned your call at all, you any of your calls, you'd conclude this is just not an idea whose time has come. But apparently you had enough feedback that you were able to build that into the MVP, the minimum viable product. Yeah, so, and what was interesting, so there's probably about 30, probably five to like 35 people that never responded to, I mean, to everyone their own. But we also were able to then get all these people's emails and their contact information. And so we ended up having like a bunch of people on our newsletter for our launch. So that ended up working out really well is that because of these introductory messages, when we actually did our launch, we had all these people available on our list all of a sudden. Oh. Our, our sales conversations and our product conversations ended up starting before we essentially had the product done because we of these pre-conversations and the people who helped us were like super on board uh, we ended up having a few different companies up here that super supportive so like Nova Scotia Business Inc um, which I mean my partner works for so I probably shouldn't like do too much of a shout out for them because that's probably not acceptable that's okay they'll appreciate it but just but, make like, them they, listen to this whole podcast and all other 62 others <laughs> then you can say whatever you want but they've like they've been super helpful for us like we've we've asked them for you know information they've done you know tweets about us uh we've got like entrevester that's done a bunch of like tweets and social media and things like that and like because we've been able to kind of get such a fast runway and like we've got low burn rates too and we've been kind of able to grow the company is we have a lot of like you know, different partners backing us, even though they may not give, be giving us money, they're still kind of that, that reach, that PR, all of that stuff um, that's still able to allow us to talk to more and more people. So like Digital Nova Scotia put out an article about us. Um, I had one sentence in it. It was my whole sentence. That's, that's great. 
Okay, so your point is, okay, so I, I get that. So the conversation can literally start with a conversation or a market survey, and that can lead to an MVP. Are there any products as you, I mean, this seems like marketing 101, but are there any, and it sounds like you've been in businesses before this, are there any businesses you've been in or startups you can imagine where this just doesn't work and the only way to really do it is to come out with a product and, and you know, take your best guess, <clears throat> like uh, what was the, not the iPhone, what was the first thing that Jobs did? It was the iPhone or the, the iPod before that? The first thing that Jobs did was called the Apple. No, 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 no. I thought, I thought he was telling everybody, no, no, the market really does want this. He, he engaged in a conversation in market surveys, said nobody well, wanted so, it, he came out so, with it anyway. Jobs famously said, "I will tell the market what it wants." In a, in a, in effect, and right. he would be he would be in a universe of one that that, okay. could, that could predict that. Uh, so, whereas, whereas, and again, you, you'll recall, David, our podcast number two was Sam from Polaroid. Polaroid did extensive market research to discover what the market wanted, and you know a lot of discovery. So you had kind of different two opposite poles there. So you know, I tend to fall on the you have to have the conversation with a customer and do market research and continually fine tune and all that stuff. So let me ask Jennifer though, Jennifer, and somebody's got a, a radio playing in the background. Um, is I think, um, it's just feedback. Oh, it's feedback. So Jennifer quickly before the feedback overtakes us and we have another, uh, a third wave of coronavirus. Um, are there any, um, are there any, Companies you could imagine wouldn't want to engage in in this market study process and would need, simply need to go straight to market with something that looks like a viable problem. Yeah, I mean, I can actually think of a few different places where that would be the most, and it would be kind of like if you look at Uber, Airbnb, and all those places that are so different that there's no market that exists for them, though. So some of these places, like if you talk to Uber, you couldn't take market because they just created their own market. Um, Airbnb, kind of same idea. Any company going after a market that doesn't exist, it would be hard to ask somebody, hey, would you take a car with a stranger through an app? They'd probably say, no, that's crazy. But because they were able to launch their product with their MVP, go through it, I mean, Airbnb um, sold cereal. So, I mean, that was a whole different um, situation when they start raising their money. But, but you've got certain companies that if if people don't see the market there, then people won't understand that the market is there. So I'm, I mean, I can't think of any company that isn't in the world right now that you would do that for because I am not a founder. I don't have ideas. Um, <laughs> but, but if I was, I could see it being, you know, like, okay, let's say Fiverr, you know, the consultant online platform. Well, maybe people didn't know they wanted consultants online. Maybe it was better for them to start pumping that out, showing consultants that that existed, consultants getting on and then other people finding out that it, like sometimes having just the product there and just being able to do all that extensive research works out well. Like if you look at retail, that's probably 90% of their strategy is make something and see if people want it. Uh, okay, that's great, okay. Um... So I think we can conclude by saying you now that you've wasted a perfectly good hour. Now that's a takeoff and a, a very good radio show that we unfortunately like. Um, so anyway, so thanks, Jennifer. This is great. Um, really helpful. That is interesting. Uh, any final thoughts that um, you can leave the uh, three people who listen to this podcast with? 
Uh, download the app, please. <laughs> yeah, so that's a good point. Send where, us customer where, feedback. Where would one download the app? Uh, so it's available at the Apple and the Play Store. And it's called what's it called? It's called Bloxo. It's B L O X. B L O X O. Bloxo. Bloxo. Okay, cool. Um, Very cool. Thank you. Thank you for doing this.